What's up, y'all? What is going on, man? Hope y'all having a great day. Thank you for joining joining me on another episode. I got my Ranger brother, man. Uh, this has been a little bit in the works, man. I got Brian Pickens here, man. We've been uh, uh, friends uh, and Ranger buddies uh, since, man, back in the early 2000s, uh, mid-2000s. Um, so I'm going to have him introduce himself, man. Uh, Brian, what's up, man? What's up, dude? What's, um, what's going on, bro? Yeah. <laughs> You know, same old shit. Deployed again, but uh, yeah, um, yeah, is but yeah, I don't know. I'm Brian. Um, I, uh, I was in. Uh, fuck, I think I joined Ranger Battalion back in '04, um, and been in ever since. So, uh, yeah. So you came. So you came right in the middle of this shit, like. Because yeah. 05, 06, shit really, really... I mean, I mean, obviously, you were saying the beginning was was bad, but we all know that, like, 05, 06 is, is when things really started to fucking kind of pick up. You know what I mean? The height of shit. Well, it, was, it was... Yeah, it was kind of different back then, man. It was, like, 04... My deployment in 04 to, like, Bagram. Mm-hmm. You really didn't, like, have quite a mission yet. You know what I mean? Right. Like, there wasn't really that integration of Ranger in this war, you know? Because it was, like... I feel like they still had this concept of like you call Ranger when you want to kill everything. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and that we couldn't dial it back a little bit. You know? I'm, so, I'm so glad you said that, man. I'm, I'm, I'm honestly so glad you said that. Cause the other day I just did a podcast and uh, uh, you know, Every time I get asked, you know, which one's better? Which one should I do? And I'm always saying, my answer is this to people, man. If you want to go shoot people in the face, that's what you want to do. You want to go to Ranger Battalion. Like, that is, you know what I mean? That's where you go, man. Like, if you want to develop as a leader and, you know what I'm saying, um, um, just as a soldier. And and if you just want to get into the fight, man, that's where you go. You know what I'm saying? That's just where it's at. So, hearing you say that is, is... kind of interesting it's such an excellent such an excellent place to grow up it's you know i mean like to grow up in the military you know because it gives you like gives you structure it introduces you to it and it's in a place that like if you succeed you can do great fucking things you know what i mean and like yes you're you're rewarded for your success you know what i mean and then um and there's a pretty good network of dudes to make sure that you you don't go off of any deep end on one way or the other, you know, there's a good support network there, you know? So exactly. I mean, you learn tactics. There's not, I don't know anybody that understands raid better than any, any of my boys that were in battalion. Oh, hell no. You know, <laughs> in no fucking way. You know, like people try to talk about planning missions and I'm like, dude, I can, I can look, you just show me a map or point at a building. I can tell you where black side is right now. <laughs> Brian, I say that shit all the fucking time. Like you just got to give me a map and tell me what you just tell me which house. And, and I, yep, that's it, man. And I got you. Like, I got you, man. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh, so before, so before we even get in all that, man, what, what made Brian, you know, I'm assuming it was 9-11, but, but like what drove you to go Ranger? Uh, not just join army, but what made you decide to go Ranger? Man, so that's funny because like it's kind of my my own little story. Um, I uh, I planned on joining the military my whole life, pretty much. Right. Um, as a little kid, my grandfather he retired out of the uh, out of the army, and then uh, and also I guess retired out of the air force. He did a total of forty eight years in the military. This was your grandfather. And, uh, yeah, and he was saying he was making more retired than he ever did. And, you know, right. Um, but I always looked up to him like he was GI Joe, you know, he was like a real life GI Joe. And as a kid, I mean, he was in, he was in Vietnam and shit. And, uh, as a kid, I would try to get him to talk about it, you know, 
So I'm like, hey, grandpa, what was it like killing somebody? Or, hey, grandpa, you know what I mean? Like those like childish, right, right. dumb questions, you know? And my grandpa was always like, you know, one example, right? We're driving back from Wisconsin to Chicago, right? I grew up in Chicago. And uh, we're driving back from the Wisconsin Dells to Chicago. It's like a four-hour drive. Right. Not even 30 minutes in, I'm asking ask him shit about the military, you know, like, what's it like for this? What's, what was, what was Vietnam like? Right. And he's like, man, that's a long, he's, that's a long story. And I'm like, well, it's a pretty long drive. And he's like, it's not long enough. <laughs> <laughs> Just completely like avoiding it. Completely yeah. like, and I was like, well, fuck man. Well, I was like, well, grandpa, you know, I'm a child, dude. I was like, well, grandpa, I'm going to join the military one day. And you know, you were in the air force and you were in the army. What should I join? You know, like which, which way should I go? Right. He's like, you want to know which branch you should join? He's like, you should join whoever pays the most to train you. Cause the more they spend on you, the less they want you dead. Shit. So I fucking kind of, that was always in the back of my head. Cause that was the only advice my grandpa ever gave me. Yeah. Right? yeah. A couple of years later, he ends up dying, you know, he ended up having liver cancer and, uh, you know, he went out and, uh, anyway, so I, I ended up joining the military and, um, that was kind of the only advice I really had, you know, I knew I wanted to be infantry. I knew I actually wanted to shoot people if I was going to be in the military. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I didn't want to be a bitch sitting behind a desk when yeah. a war is going on. I'm going to fight my war. But, uh, yeah. So back to nine 11 happening, right? Like I said, I was already in the military. Right. Nine 11 happened and I was in junior. I was a, a sophomore in high school. Right. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> Nothing happens. And the fucked up thing, man, I remember looking at the TV, seeing these planes hit buildings, them talking about who did it. Yeah. And my first thought, and this is fucked up, my first thought was, shit, I'm going to miss my war. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, my first thought was like, I'm going to be in the forever peacetime and I'm going to miss my chance to go to war. Exactly. You know what I mean? Because yeah. this war is going to be over and. You know, that's what we thought. time like most of ours are. <laughs> yeah. and, you know, here I am fucking 17 years later, you know, <laughs> drinking a rip it. For, for the people that didn't see me smiling, I, I, I was smiling just because of that. What he just said right there, because we're still in it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man. Um, all right. So so did you come in with the option 40? No, no. No nah, man, I uh, I made it to. I was supposed to go Hawaii. I was supposed to be twenty fifth in that, the country. That's what. That's where I started at. Really? Yeah, man. Yeah, and I was like, I had no idea what the fuck I was doing, man. I had no idea. I just knew I wanted to be infantry, right? Yeah. So they're like, sweet, yeah, you go to Hawaii, you'd be airborne. I'm like, awesome. So I fucking, you know, I uh, I, I went to basic. I did really well in basic, and I was like you know, pretty, pretty aggressive. And, I, you know, I was a decent leader throughout basic training, you know, half-assed, whatever, you know, I, I outshined some of my peers and they were like, well, where do you, what do you want to do? I was like, <laughs> and then you're running around, you're hearing cadences, right? Right, right. <laughs> like, the cadences are like, you know, you want to train or teach people, you go to SF, you want to kill somebody, you pretty much go to Ranger Regiment, right? Yep. And I was like, hell yeah, I want to go to Ranger Regiment. What the fuck is that? <laughs> you know? Yep. And then, uh, learned what ranger regiment was and then i was like well how the fuck do i go there they're like well if you do well enough here the ranger recruiters will come and my drill sergeant liked me enough that he like recommended you know that i get a 
I get a slot and then did PT test and then basic training. I got, I, uh, orders cut to go to rip back then, but, and that's all she wrote. Yeah, man. <laughs> what was, uh, so, so back then it was still rip. So what was your, what was going through your mind when you got to rip? Cause it's, cause it's a little bit of culture shock even coming from basic. You're, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's the tone changes, <laughs> just kind of everything. A little, yeah. You know what I'm Everything changes tone. a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Tone completely changes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we got our ass kicked. We got, I mean, we ran from airborne to the rip barracks and then at the rip barracks, we unloaded the truck and then loaded the truck back up because we knew it fast enough and then unloaded the truck and then we're doing pushups with the fucking bags on our back. And then we got smoked for like eight hours the first day. You know what I mean? Like, yep. People are quitting left and right. Yeah. And it was funny. It was like every time, every time somebody quit, I was like, I'm not quitting. You know what I mean? Like, and seeing somebody else quit gave me more energy not to quit. You what, know? Why is that, man? Why do you think, so like, why is it when people quit and when people are falling out, like it just gives you that little, it, to me, it's like you're stealing their energy. Like whatever's left in their tank, like you're taking from them. You know what I mean? Afterwards, like. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I guess. Um, it's, it's a weird concept for sure, you know, because you, you see somebody else let go and not that you were thinking about quitting, not right. that you were like at that breaking line, you were just, you were just sucking like everybody else, at least you thought you were. Right. And then you see somebody else quit. And I think in that moment when you see somebody else quit, you're like, well, fuck that, man. I'm fucking way tougher than that. You know what I mean? Like, yep. you know, I ain't, I'm never going to quit. You know what I mean? That's all it took, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> that looking is back true. on it now I'm like well if I was smarter I would have known that once people started quitting that exercise is probably about over it's about <laughs> over yeah <laughs> you know you don't learn that until later on when you're like alright man we just need just enough motherfuckers to quit or enough motherfuckers you know yeah. what I mean and, we'll and, right. and this is gonna end <laughs> this shit's about yeah. to end man um, yeah so you get to rip, you graduate. Uh, what was your thought, man? Like for me, I know, I, bro. I, so they were deployed when I got there. And yeah. um, so I graduated rip on a Friday and like six days later, I was on the border of Pakistan, Afghanistan. So, and you know how that is, but like yeah. you, they just smoke the shit out of your rear D. Whoever's back there, cause either they're coming back from ranger school or yeah. something. So. I was scared shitless, man. I was like, yo, this isn't even the fucking whole company yet. This isn't even the platoon yet. I'm getting my ass handed already. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was scary as yeah. shit and getting deployed. Uh, I was just like, yo, what the fuck did I get myself into? Like, I was excited, but at the same time, I was like, what the fuck is going on, man? Like, this is nuts. Uh, yeah, for sure. What was going through your mind when you got to rip? Were they deployed Where or were they in the middle of training cycle? Um, well, I got done... When I graduated rep, you know, they, they put you in those different formations, right? Yeah. And uh, they're like, well, it's one formation. And it's like, you know, this section of it's going to go to first and this section is going to go to yeah. second. This section is going to go to third, right? Yep. And I was like, you know, because we had a couple passes, right? You got to go out on the weekends and shit. And I was like, there ain't no way in fucking hell I'm staying in Columbus. <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell. I, I, I was the same way, bro. <laughs> no fucking way in hell. Yeah. Dude, I ended up, 
I went downtown with the dudes, you know what I mean? They're like, yeah, man, let's go to the city. And I was like, sweet, let's go to the city. And we pull up downtown Columbus, Georgia. And I'm like, where's the city at? This is it. I'm from Chicago. Yeah. I'm from Chicago, man. This is the first time I've been out of Chicago, you know? And they're oh, like, okay. yeah, man, we're in, we're in the city. And I was like, man, this ain't a city. This is a town. <laughs> <laughs> and a small one anyway. at that, man. Yeah. Anyway, I fucking, uh, whatever we got in that formation, and uh, I just tried as hard as I could to muscle people over out of the way so this way I could get as far to the right as possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First cut line, it's probably going to be first bet. Give a shit whether they're deployed or not, you know? Yeah, go, yeah. <laughs> you ain't lying. Yeah. And uh, anyway, yeah, I mean, and obviously I, I joined to, depl- to deploy. And uh, as far as we knew going through RIP, like they didn't tell us who was deploying and who wasn't deploying. So true. We so knew true. everybody, everybody was deploying. Right. You know? um, like I don't even remember that coming up. Anyway, yeah, I got, uh, I ended up getting first back. Fucking sorry, first class Ruben. Oh shit! Cut me. Yeah, <laughs> I was buddy. last man. I remember him pointing at me, and I was the last line to make the cut to go to uh, go to first bat and whatever. Man, then it's like snowballs from there. I got to bat. I got the first bat in processed. The dudes were deployed. Okay. So similar story, um, but our rotator was going to come like a month later, right? So we had to like wait about a month to go. Right. And man, yeah, I got my ass smoked by fucking uh, a non-tab spec for like <laughs> specialist man. <laughs> I did kid. too, man. From the S one, I didn't know no different. No, yeah. <laughs> he was. He came back early to go to Ranger School, and he was smoking the dog shit out of us in the barracks, and we had no idea whether that was okay or not. Right. <laughs> and you sure as fucking gonna ask no questions, <laughs> like you know what I mean? Fuck no. Fuck no. <laughs> Bro, I remember uh, when we're doing our in-processing and uh, we finished, you know what I'm saying, with the S1 shit. This is back with, so you were there when we got there to the old <laughs> barracks. Remember that shit? Them, them, them old shitty ones, yeah, right? And barracks, yeah. Yeah, man. And uh, so you remember where the uh, 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 headquarters was, right? The S1 and all that shit. So yeah, yeah. We, we in process there and I, and I remember going um, to ACO. And, you know, we're doing our shit, getting smoked here and there. And then we had a little, you know what I'm saying, a little pause, I'm saying no smoking. And, and uh, I forgot who it was, man, but he was a, uh, had just gotten back from writing school. And he was like, who's got dip? And I was like, oh, I do. You know, like, oh, yeah, I got some. Man, first of all, I hated Copenhagen back then. But I had school, yeah. I had school vanilla out of all motherfucking shit in the world. So I ended up right. giving it to a man and he fucked me up. And I was like, can he fucking do that? Like, and he threw it at me and he smoked me. I'm like, can he smoke me? Because I had the wrong dip. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Yeah. But I'll tell you this, yeah. that was the last time I ever had Copenhagen in my pocket ever, ever again. <laughs> like ever the rest of my life, bro. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, man. So, yeah. So, all right. So. So walk me through that, man. So like you get there, you get smoked, uh, waiting for the rotator. Um, was was it was anxiety, you know, excitement starting to build up, like knowing, hey man, I'm about to be over there in like in a modern month or so. Like Dude, I was super excited. Yeah. All I was was excited. I was like, fuck yeah, I made it here. I'm in a unit that I believe in. You know what I mean? Like these dudes are fucking 
I looked at every dude that was in Ranger Regiment, you know, like E5s and 6s and shit like that, and I thought they were like superheroes, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. read, like a private, brand new private, just looking up to these dudes, and you're like, these guys have already been to combat, all of them have scrolls. Yeah, man. All of them have done some shit, you know, and I'm like, this is exactly who I want to be. And like the aggressive mentality of it, too. There was no bitchy, fucking pussified, regular army. Yeah worried about hurting someone's feelings like it was we're here to kill people yeah and if you don't if whatever is going on in like your personality or life doesn't help the end state of killing people then you're cut you're gone you know, like I want nothing to do with you. That was it. <laughs> I'm so glad I got you all, man. Cause this is the kind of conversations that I like for people to hear. Uh, you know, I try to, uh, explain to people what Ranger, uh, battalions about. So having you talk like this and explain, you know what I'm saying? It just, it, it just explains and furthermore, uh, 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 solidifies what I've been saying on these podcasts in regards to Ranger Battalion. Um, I think being a Ranger Battalion, and I tell us everybody, man, if you are not an aggressive human being, if you're not an aggressive person, don't even fucking think about it. Like, if that's not in you, yeah, don't even think about it. Like, it's it's it's, it's, it's not for you, man. Like, they'll eat you up and spit yeah. you out like ain't nobody's business, man. Um, yeah, man. And, you know, like, I had some great leadership, man, um, when I was in Hawaii, uh, outstanding leadership. Um, but when I got to Ranger Battalion, I was like, holy fuck. Like, this is some fucking leadership. You know what I mean? Like it, yeah. it's like, like it was just insane, man. Um, so, all right. So you get ready. How was your first deployment? I mean, cause that was right, a Bagram one, right? It was what? Uh, Bagram you said? Yeah. Yeah. Was it was that? Back. Okay. So, and this is back like, um, winter of Oh four. Right. So going into Oh five. Yep. And we were, we were in Bagram. And we weren't really doing much, man. It was a shit ton of training. You know what I mean? I think, I think that element only my platoon, I think only went on like three missions that year. Yeah. You know what I mean? That rotation, like it was not a lot going on. Iraq was kicking off. So they were, they had already kicked a bunch of platoons out that way. So, so, you know? so that's where I went that deployment when you, uh, um, for that, yeah. for that, for that, uh, deployment cycle, that's where I went, man, was fucking Ramadi. Right. Yeah. So, Shit was going on in Iraq, and there was more usage for Ranger in Iraq at that time. Yep. You know what I mean? But where we were, not as much. A lot more training. Um, but I'm building, like, little reputation for myself. You know what I mean? Because, right. like, I was squared away. It was good. You know, I was super aggressive. I uh, I boxed for 10 years before joining <laughs> joining the Army. So, like, oh shit, my okay. first sergeant, my first, my first sergeant found that out, <laughs> like, right when I showed up. And uh, that was Mad Mike Masson. You remember him? Oh, fuck yeah. I remember Masson, man. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you, man. He was an intimidating motherfucker, bro. He was intimidating yeah. as shit. Like, I was scared of that dude. dude. <laughs> yeah, bro. Yeah, man. He's a bad son of a bitch, dude. He is, man. He is. But uh, yeah, he's another Bears and Cubs fan, I think. Yeah. Um, anyway, he, uh, uh, we kind of clicked. And then Spencer. I don't know if you remember uh, Spencer. They... Vaguely, but I do. Yeah. I can't right. put a face to it, but I remember the name though. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Seco second platoon. He ended um, up, he, he ended up going SF, didn't he? Spencer? Yeah. No. No? Maybe I'm uh, thinking of somebody no, else. Though. Okay. I want to say he, he became a sergeant major somewhere in regiment. 
I don't know where he's at now. Okay. But man, he was fucking awesome. That was a that was a mean little son bitch too. All <laughs> like, right. <laughs> that's the only dude, man. He it, fuck, man. He would he would smoke the shit out of us in the morning. Take us on like a five six mile run, doing a sub six minute like pace, and he would just run faster until everybody fell out. <laughs> and then. And then you drank with this dude the night before right. until four in the fucking morning. And how right. the fuck? How the fuck is he able to do this? Like you're an animal. But, yeah, he was he was a monster. Anyway, that's the thing about yeah, Ranger. Show up is him. No, no, go ahead. Sorry about that. Go ahead. Yeah, that show up is him. It's Kip, uh, Spencer, and uh, and uh, Anthony Davis. Cookie. Yeah, that was my humor. Yeah. Really? Uh-huh. Oh shit. Okay. Yeah. Damn, man. So, um, yeah, man. That's the thing about Ranger Bat, man. Um, that's another thing I tell people. Besides the aggressive part, I'm like, man, you better be able to run. Like, you better be a fucking runner, man. Like, playing a simple role because that's all we fucking do there. You know what I mean? Besides, I mean, like PT, you're running like at every single day almost, right? I hate it. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wait, I hated it back then. <laughs> you're you're a big fucking dude, man, and you were a big dude. I, I mean, you're bigger now, but you were a big dude back then too. You know what I'm saying? I know. Um, I know. I could never understand how like you got like because I was skinny, man. I was like 140 something. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I ran with the wind. But like when I see the big yeah. dudes, I'm like, how the fuck are y'all even like keeping up? Like you got to be dying, man. <laughs> like holy shit, it's a struggle. It's yeah. a struggle for sure. But, but you gotta get used to it, you know. I mean, I joined I joined the army at 165 pounds. Okay, and uh, I'm now weight to 45 now. Jeez, you know, but yeah. um, but it was slow. I mean, that was over 17 years. You know, it's not like I went from facts, facts. Hit, hit one deployment, got fucking deployment big. Yeah, and then, you know, and then trying to run. You know, it was it was like a slow, steady game of weight while being forced to run yeah (laughs) and i mean don't get me wrong there was definitely like five six years that there where i never ran on purpose but (laughs) (laughs) i don't think i ever ran on purpose when i was a rage of time like like you know i I don't think i ever ran just just you know saying on my own time man um luckily luckily i was just you know i'm saying i got that ethiopian uh jeans in me you know what I mean so so I'm yeah. just so I'm just able to run anyway but uh not anymore but I used to <laughs> but yeah, yeah, man. um man um not to go back but um was your is your grandfather still alive no so was he no. able was he was he able to at least see you you know what I mean get to uh get to Ranger Bat and all that no no he died uh when we had that conversation in the car, he died about like two years after that. Oh shit. Okay. Sorry to hear. So that, I think, I think we had that conversation when I was like, fuck, maybe sixth grade, right? you know, maybe fifth grade, something around there, you know what I mean? Young enough that I was like really thinking about like joining the military right? and making decisions on my future. You know what I mean? Like as a young, young kid, but like still kind of like teetering, trying to get to an adult. You know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he was uh, he's fucking awesome though. The reason the reason I even ask about that because like one of the things that always sticks out um, um, when I think about you and I think back to when I first met you is I remember going to your house out there uh, 
oh, fuck, man, I don't remember the area now. But I remember going to your house for, for like a, a party or a drink or something. We were over there. Or I had stopped by, I think. And you were working on your car. And, 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 and the reason it's so vivid to me, because I remember... Every time you had talked about it, you all, you know what I'm saying? It, it, it was a story that had to do with your grandfather and that vehicle. Am I right yeah. or wrong, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of that's kind of what I was just asking about that because I know, you know, I always see you working on that car and I, you, um, um, you're pretty big into uh, uh, working on cars. So I was just kind of curious if your grandfather had had been, had been able to see you do that. But um, So that, that was actually, that's my mom's side, right? And that's my other grandfather. Right. He was a greaser in Chicago. Okay. And uh, he was in, he, he served, but he didn't do a whole lot, you know? Right, <laughs> he, right. He got out after a rotation, whatever. And he's just a, a tough kid from Chicago. And uh, he died three years ago. And uh, okay. he still had the greased hair on the way to his deathbed. Man. <laughs> so, oh, man. Yeah. So, so that's yeah. how, so that's how you got to uh, uh, someone to cars and mechanically inclined as you are, huh? Well, yeah, so my neighbor, my neighbor built uh, race cars, right? So he did drag racing. Right. And I'd be, you know, seven years old, climbing on the fence, like looking over there while this alcohol Nova is fucking shaking every house on the block, you know, yeah. and he's got this race car Nova. Um, I watch him build that. And then my dad, you know, he fixed shit out of necessity, right? So. Right fucking car breaks down. We got to fix it. Cause we're not going to pay somebody to do it. You exactly. know? And, uh, so I would, I would fix shit with my dad, help my dad fix stuff. And then I would hop the fence and then go build race motors with my neighbor and then go to car shows and stuff. So, hey. um, I'd go to the drag strip with them. The first time I ever torqued down a head was on an alcohol 350 Chevy. Um, and fucking first time with a torque wrench, so <laughs> turning, turning on a, a straight up race car. So that was pretty That's cool. That's dope, you man. Know? And, uh, How old were you yeah. at the time? Seven, eight years old. Oh, shit. That. Okay. okay. Yeah. And then uh, that's when I saw that 50 Mercury. Yep. So um, we went to a car show. I saw a 1950 Mercury, right? And this car's uh, sun's going down, right? And the car... Um, it's got that beautiful body line down the side of it. Right. Yeah. And it's like this dark, almost purplish red, red, you know, and sun's going down, shooting flames out the back of it. And I walk up to go run my hand down like the side of the side of the car. Right. And, uh, my neighbor, Steve, he slaps my hand away and he's like, Hey man, don't touch that. It's not your car. You know, I was like, what the fuck is this? And he's like, it's a 1950 Mercury, you know? And, uh, I, look, I think back to like trying to run my hand down the side of the car and I don't know why I was so drawn to it. And I was an adult. I'm like, you were looking at pure sex, man. That fucking line. <laughs> you know? It's a, it's a beautiful fucking car, man. Like yeah. it's a beautiful motherfucking car, man. <clears throat> yeah. So I, uh, anyway, I went home and then I saw my greaser grandpa at home. Right. And I was like, man, the only person that would ever see one of these cars had to be my grandpa. You right. Know? And I asked my grandpa about it. And I don't even know what the fuck the greaser is back then, you know? <laughs> kid right and uh asked my grandpa i'm like hey grandpa you ever seen a 1950 mercury before and his fucking eyes lit up and uh he was like yeah we had one before we uh joined the military and went to went to korea me and three of my buddies bought one and we were chopping the roof shaving the door handles and making it like the james dean car that's dope and uh yeah he's like but we sold it because we all ended up joining the military 
you know, we said when we get back, we're gonna we're gonna build one. Right. right. We're gonna buy one again and build one. Well, they'll join the military. They all get married. They all have kids. They never end up building their dream car, right? Yeah, because we know how that goes, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he was like, he was like, uh, he's like, well, man, when you get back, or he's like, when if you ever buy that car, we'll build it together, you know. And uh, so life goes on. I end up, you know, going through getting into the military, going through high school and everything. That's been my dream car since that day. You know right. what I mean? So I was always going to build that car. And every time I talk to my grandpa, he's like, Hey man, you buy a car yet. <laughs> <You know? Hell yeah. laughs> and so I joined the military. I built my bike first. So I built my, my chopper. Yep. And, uh, and then I was like, okay, well I'm going to try to build this car now, you know, kind of kicking it around, but you know, I was saving money and blowing money at bars and then trying to save money. Again, oh, of course. You know? <laughs> Living that, living that deployed every fucking five months yeah, life. Yeah, man. <laughs> trying to try, trying to fucking drink the town dry while fucking in between. <laughs> yeah, because you you fix it you fix it all on the fucking deployment. You know, you know well, you're leaving again and exactly like six months here and then three, four months to fix your fucking life and then and then, and then go right back. <laughs> go right the fuck yeah, back. Deployment's easy. Yeah man. Anyway I talk to my uh, get back from the deployment I call my call my grandpa and he's starting to get Alzheimer's. And I started to forget like my name and shit like that. And I was like, fuck man, I got to build our car before he, before he doesn't remember the car, you know? Right. So I go into hyperdrive, building the car, buy the car, had to restore the whole thing. You know, I had to cut in, weld in all new floors. I had to weld in a whole new trunk. Um, basically mid car down was gone. Yeah. And then uh, original flathead motor fired up, but. I was like, I want to put something in it that like my grandpa wished he would have had in the fifties, you know? So yeah. I was like, still keep it carbureted, but I got a 545 inch big block Ford and it's all like a big stroker motor and aluminum heads. And it makes about 780 foot pounds of torque, 600 Jeez. something horse and uh, drop that in there. And then I got the same, uh, same transmission that's in the, <laughs> Uh, in the Viper. Um, it's a T56 Magnum six speed transmission and I got it from the factory so I could choose the gearing in it. And, right. Um, and then a Ford nine inch rear end and it's all race stuff. Everything in the car is a race, like race products, you know. That's and, dope, uh, man. Yeah, 35 spline axles so I could just do burnouts anytime I want. <laughs> <You know? laughs> that thing is clean as hell, man. Like, like every time I see pictures of it or I see you working on it, I'm just like, man, dude, like that thing is dope. And I kind of, I kind of, uh, uh, hate myself for not hitting you up while you were here, while, you know what I'm saying, while I was here and you were here, uh, at the yeah. same time. So I got at least came through and fucking took a ride with you or something, man. Um, let me, uh, let me ask you this, man. So I remember you working on it and like you said, you worked on it a lot. Was that something that, um, you know, kind of kept your mind busy in between, like, you know what I'm saying, in between the deployments, in between the tra uh, training cycles, just to kind of keep you busy, keep you out of trouble, you know what I mean? Just to keep your mind occupied type thing, working on it. I, I think everybody needs a healthy hobby. Right. You know what I mean? Like something that's, that's good for the mind and, the, you know, just their soul to do, you know. Exactly. What's cool with cars for me, because I'm an artist too, right? Yep. What's cool with cars to me is it's a it's a piece of art that you make move, right? So it's engineering yeah. plus artistry. You know what I mean? Like being good at welding, being good at chopping a roof, you know, shaping the body of a car to make it look the way you want to make it look and then making it unique. That's why I like rat rods so much because you can just do whatever the fuck you want with them. You right. know, like I could take a diesel engine, drop it in there from like a big rig, 
you know, throw like a crazy dually back in on it and make it look really cool. But then I have to make all these parts work together, you know? Yep. So I think one of the cool things with doing cars for me mentally is, uh, kind of like I was saying earlier, we deploy, yep. we come back, we'd be home, we train, we deploy, we come back, we train, we deploy. Yeah. Right. I mean, I did 14 deployments in Ranger Regiment, you yeah. know, and, uh, you know, I think about it and I'm like, what was cool with the car is you build a motor, you put it in, you finish the project, the project runs, the project leaves, right? Yeah. You're done with it. Like there's a, there's something awesome about being complete with something, you know what I mean? As opposed to just this never ending cycle of train, rinse, repeat, train, rinse, repeat, train, rinse, repeat, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, so looking back at it, I think that was something that helped me, uh, I don't know, I guess process the fact that we're in a never ending war, yeah. you know, even though I love war, I had a great time going there. I Damn. absolutely enjoyed everything I did. Damn fucking right. It was, it's still <laughs> fucking tedious. You it know what I mean? When you go there and you come back, you're like, well, I'm doing it again. Yeah. <laughs> I agree with you, man. Like it is fun, but it like, um, it definitely becomes, very uh repetitious and you're just kind of like all right yeah. you know what i mean but um while you're you know for guys like us that go to range of battalion or in the community and stay in or anybody that stays in 20 years man like it's because you it, eventually it's because you enjoy it like you enjoy what you're doing you know what i mean like that's what that's what it's really about um but you know as you and i are nearing our uh end of our <laughs> end of our time it 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 yeah. can't, it can't get no sweeter. You know what I mean? You're just like, man, I'm just ready to, um, yeah. you know, ready to make that move. Um, so a lot of people always hear my side of why I went from Ranger to SF. Right. <clears throat> I remember, um, I remember seeing you, um, I, I, were you in selection? Or were you in the queue when I saw you? I, I can't remember. I was, I, was in the, I was in the queue. I was in the queue course. You was in the queue course, right? Um, yeah. we didn't get much to talk, but, um, you know, and this is gonna be my first time hearing it, but what what made you make the move and what are the differences for you? Um, if you could just kinda let you know what I'm saying a lot, because there's a lot of younger listeners listening, man, that 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 always ask questions of like which one's better, which one's which? And I'm just like, man, like it it's depends on you and it depends on what you want to do at the end of the day. Like you and I talked prior to uh you know yeah, yeah, uh yeah. recording, but tell us a little bit of why why you went from Ranger to SF and which one you um what are the differences to you? Yeah, man. So I'm, I actually love that question. I mean I get it all the time too. And then I mean I even get it from SF dudes. You know what I mean? Oh, like yeah. now that I'm here. You know, and uh um funny because i think a lot of people have a complete misconception of what the two elements do you know what the two units do and that they're vastly different completely you know i think there's some different. dudes that even join sf that shouldn't have that should have gone ranger regiment, you know <laughs> i you know? i agree with you 100 man there's there was dudes on my team that i straight up would tell them like bro like you belonged like like you would have you would have done perfectly in fucking regiment <laughs> like you would have been yeah. perfect you know what i mean you, need, you needed that in your life you know what i mean to get to to pop your cherry on the fucking kill shit fucking yeah. platform you know i agree man <laughs> but yeah no i uh so i was an e7 i uh i was a sniper platoon sergeant went from sniper platoon sergeant to uh um regiment to go teach 
pre-ranger or cert right and uh i was looking at either coming back from cert to go take a platoon Mm -hmm. or you know whatever do something else right and i never thought i would do anything else i mean i was fucking ranger through and through you know what i mean i was like why the fuck would i go anywhere else you know right but uh what was it broadening you heard about broadening yes i have (laughs) all right so um they kicked out this great idea that rangers should go to the regular army for no less than a year right to broaden really right yeah no less than a year and you had to actually on your erb show that you were assigned to another unit which also meant you had to go back through rasp to come back in which means you had to fight for your slot to go to rasp to come back yes i do remember this Okay. So it was around that time that yep. I was kind of making this decision. Yep. And, uh, and I'd already like come to terms with the fact that I was going to have to do RASP to go be a platoon sergeant. Right. You know what I mean, like that's fine. What RASP do? It's cool. Kind of bought off on that too, because I was like, you know, it's actually weeding out some shitbag motherfuckers that shouldn't be a platoon sergeant. You know what I mean? So like, that's right. cool. A minute. But when they were like, you're gonna, you're gonna, do RAF, go take a platoon, then get, you have to leave the unit to promote past E7 to go to the regular army. If I were to go to the regular army, I'm not going to be a shit bag because I'm going to be putting a position of responsibility over oh, probably a company at that point. You know what I mean? Like a lot of us end up going out and doing a job of much higher responsibility than us. Right. Right. And uh, anywhere I would have gone have been an airborne unit, which means the three year, you know, yeah. Requirement. Yep. Not just one year, right? If I were to be like, hey, man, I've been here one year. Cool, I'm out. I'm going to RASP. It's kind of a dick move because now I like affected an element. Exactly. And then, and then I just quit on them, you know what I mean? Take off. And now they get a whole new dude at the rain, yeah. you know? And I was like, so if I leave, I'm going to leave and do a full three years somewhere, which means I'm probably going to promote there. And I'm going to come back as an E8. You right. know what I mean? I'm not going to come back and then promote, you know, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So now I was weighing this out. I was like, I had no point in my life, you know, go back to my grandfather telling me, go to the unit that's going to train, train you the most. Cause the more they spend on you, less they want you dead. Yeah. I had no intention my entire life being around normal people. I'm not normal. We're not normal, man. <laughs> no, we're me not. and you are not normal people. No. We don't, we don't socialize with normal people. I can't fucking deal with it. You right. know what I mean? Like people that aren't aggressive, that don't have the same mindset, that I agree. They can't. I'm not here to like work with your welfare program, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, like, uh, and I feel like there's there's a lot of soldiers that join the military because they can't do anything else. Right. Those aren't the people I want to train. I want to train dudes that volunteered multiple times. Yes. That are like, let's go to war. Do you remember? Do you remember being on like some missions, right? And you'd be on a 47, and you're coming in to an HLZ that you know is already hot, right? You're going to take contact. Like you're going to come off the bird. You're going to take contact and you could feel the energy in that bird, right? Oh yeah. Not fear, just a hundred percent excitement, right? Like it's like you're looking, it's like you're looking at a football team about to blow through the stands, right? And come out and be introduced on the fucking football field, right? Right. That's what that fucking energy, you know what I mean? Not fear, 100% excitement to go get shot at. Yeah. You don't have that anywhere else. You don't. 
I don't want to go to war with anybody that isn't like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, bro. Like, I'm getting the chills right come, now you talk. <laughs> so then, then I come to my decision, right? Yeah, yeah. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to go somewhere. What's my options? I could leave now, you know what I mean, and then go do something different, right? Right. You know, I'm, I'm already to the point that my next, re- my next reenlistment would be in death, you know? Yeah. But I was like, fuck it, what would I do? And then I always get this question: Why didn't you go to CAG? <laughs> I, I I get I get that question all the time too. Yeah, and I'm like, and here here's my response to that one as I as I as I answer this. I worked with them, right? We did the same mission set, and there's a lot of people that don't understand how much Ranger did overseas. Yeah, right? yeah. They just don't grasp it, right? They still think that we just did blocking positions for CAG. <laughs> <laughs> hearing that come out of someone's face but makes it, my blood boil. But it makes me feel so good though, bro. Like if you think about it, like you know nothing about what I did and that just makes me feel even better because you, I yeah. did shit that you, would, that you wouldn't even know. You know what I'm saying? You can't even comprehend. Can't even, you can't comprehend, even comprehend it, man. Yeah. Can't even comprehend the level we were working at. Anyway, right. <laughs> I didn't want to go somewhere just do the same thing at another level. Yeah. And that's the way I feel about it, right? Yeah. I feel like, and I'm not, I'm not downing CAG. I think CAG is an amazing organization. However, they're doing raids, man. They're doing, they're doing a higher level, more surgical of a lot of the same stuff that we were doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I didn't, I didn't find a lot of motivation in getting through another selection just to go to kind of do the same thing. Cause I had already done it for fucking whatever, 13 deployments. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can't, I can't tell you how many raids I've done. Oh, yeah, can you? No, no, not at all. <laughs> I don't, fuck no, I have no idea. Hundreds, if not a thousand. Oh, you know, like I can, really don't. Probably over a thousand at, at least. I, I would assume so. Yeah. You know, especially at the heat of the war when we were doing like two, three a day. Two, three a day. In yeah. 90 days. You know what I mean? Whatever. So yep, yep. I didn't want to do the same thing. I want to do something different, you know? And I always thought that the SF mission set was awesome. Right. You know what I mean? To like go to a foreign country, train a foreign indigenous people to fucking overthrow their own fucking government. You know what I mean? Yeah. And speak their language. You know, like the intelligent level of warfare that it takes to be able to do that. You know what I mean? To actually be able to go in somewhere, build rapport with somebody, get them to do what you want them to do and remove yourself from the fight by mentoring another element to do it. You know what I mean? Like it's different. It's a, it's a much more mature fight, you know, and, um, brand new dude in the military. No way, no way I could have ever come to SF and like excelled here. You know what I mean? I think that's why a lot of x-rays, bro, don't survive that long. And, and and I'm not saying survive as in like they get kicked out. They don't survive that long because they don't they lose interest because one, they don't have an appreciation and they haven't, you know, they don't have anything to look back at besides just what they're, you know, yeah. saying what what SF is offering. And a lot of people I think come there with a the misconception that they're gonna be kicking doors down because they look at the beginning of the war and what SF was doing back then. Yeah. I think this war really kind of fucked things up a little bit for what our missions are is America, right? And our, and our special operations. Yeah. Because, I mean, fuck, man, Rangers started training and did a fucking uh, local force, right? We, we started training dudes to go out on target. I remember that. 
that's an SF mission. Right? I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like we don't have partner force. We're supposed to go out and just kill shit, but we started training partner force, right? Yeah. You got, then you got SF dudes that were doing, you know what I mean? That were pretty in it. You know what I mean? Not just like moving with partner force, but SF and Range Regiment were kind of doing very similar shit for some point. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, we kind of let the Taliban like mold what our SF elements are doing only because everybody wanted to kill someone. <laughs> you know? That's that's so true, man. I didn't even I didn't even think about it the way you just said it, man. And it's so fucking true. Um, they kind of did manipulate and mold how we started to do, you know what I'm saying, our mission sets. Like they really did. Yeah. I, so, I never even thought of it like that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's wild, but yeah, there's definitely people that join thinking it's one thing when it's not, you know? Yeah. And I think, <clears throat> I think one of the cool things is being coming with the, the history that I do have and the, the maturity level I do have now after leading men into combat and taking ownership of that, that, uh, it's the same thing that I've said when I was an instructor teaching dudes how to do raid, right? Right. Like going to getting ready to do raid for ranger school. I was like, man, you got to take, you got to take as much pride in putting a guy in a position with his team or his squad. And you're in charge of putting that maneuvering that element and those guys get kills, right? I might've killed a dozen dudes with my own gun. Right. Yep. But when I became a team leader and I was in charge of a saw, you know, and a grenadier and another rifleman. And we collectively, because I put these guys in different positions and I gave them a rate of fire, yep. gave them a fire command, you know, and we killed 30. Those are my kills. Cause I was a leader of those. I'm the orchestra. Right. You know what I mean, I'm the dude running the orchestra, running this fucking kill machine. Right. Now you remove yourself again. You're maneuvering two teams as a squad leader. The pride that you have in maneuvering those elements and the it's kills huge. that those guys got. I never, well, I shot my gun a couple times as a squad leader, but rarely, you know what I mean? Right. But I take as much pride in those kills, you know what I mean? From of that course. squad that I do from my own gun. Right. And I think that's the level of maturity. And I think the way you have to think is I'm, I'm shaping this battlefield and putting people in positions to mass firepower on the enemy, you know? And by me doing that, I'm, I'm killing people. You know what I mean? Right. I'm affecting this battlefield, you know? And a lot of people can't think like that. They think that they have to pull the trigger. It has to be their gun that killed that person. Right. You know what I mean? As a young, you know, and I think, and that's, that's what I try to impart on the dudes here is take pride in the kills that you create through training, mentoring, doing whatever, you know what I mean? Like the effects you can have on the battlefield in that bigger holistically, picture. Yeah, yeah. you know, what I mean? and, uh, the effects you can have are much greater in, in this job, but you have to think of it that way. You can't just be the dude that wants to pull a trigger, right. you know? So um, it's different. It's very different. It, it's, it's very different, man. Um, you know, just to go back, just to go back a little bit to kind of what you said, uh, a few things kind of, um, um, stuck out to me. Um, you know how you said, uh, you know, you wanted to train people who, 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 uh, had volunteered multiple times. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, I've said that before in the past and I try to, you know, 
try to let people know, man, I'm, I'm not talking down on anybody. It's just a, it, 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 the mindset is completely different in a person who says, hey, I just need to get out of my hometown to somebody who says, hey, I want to jump out of a plane. Hey, I want to go to Ranger Battalion. Hey, I want to, you know what I mean? Like, like you're, you're, yeah. you're reassessing everything over and over. So by the time you're making these decisions and you are at Ranger Battalion, your mentality, you're not there anymore because you just wanted to leave your hometown anymore. You're not there because of the college money anymore. Like you're there for a whole nother reason now. You know what I mean? Whatever those reasons are, but everything changes, you know what I mean? And, 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 and the way you, you, um, approach the training, the way you approach the mission set is completely different to, than somebody who's just there to get out of their hometown. Yeah, yeah, man. You know what I mean? It's mediocrity, right? Yeah. People, there's people that are comfortable with mediocrity, right? right? There's people that are comfortable with being able to say I served, right? I didn't join the military to say that I served. Exactly. I joined the military to serve, right? Exactly. And really I joined the military because I wanted to be a warrior and get, get, get my warrior on. You know, and I wanted to be the best I could be at it, you know, like not in like a tacky be all you can be army way. I wanted to fucking be a ninja in warfare. You know what I mean? Like I wanted to be so proficient at it that nobody could kill me. You know what I mean? And that I would, I would affect the enemy like so greatly, you know what I mean? Like everybody that I worked with wanted to be that same level of warrior. You know what I mean? Everybody wanted to like, they were searching this overly sharpened sword yes. and you would get it so sharp. And then you'd be like, Oh, well, maybe I can get it just a little bit sharper. You know what I mean? Like yeah. maybe we can make it just a little bit more perfect. You know? Um, one of our ranger buddies said something to me before, um, um, you know, I don't say too many names, but I'm not gonna say names, but one of our ranger buddies, you know him, he, I had a conversation with him not too long ago, man, and, and, and I was just talking about the difference in, in, in soldiers, in, you know, um, from ranger to regular army to uh, um, SF. And, you know, I a lot of people look at me weird when I say this shit, and, and you're gonna know what I'm, you're gonna know exactly what I'm talking about, but I tell people this all the time. People, you know, will always ask, were you ever afraid? Well, I'm, I'm like, man, there was not one time that I was on an objective and said, holy shit, I'm scared for my life because you know why I didn't give a fuck? Because because I had my guys yeah. to my left and right that I knew were gonna make sure I come home just like I was gonna make sure that they came home, you know what I mean? Yeah. So like, yeah. I was always I was always very comfortable and one thing that you said to me that I would, you know, saying that's been sticking out throughout this whole conversation and why I'm, I'm like, I keep getting these chills because it, it just makes me like, you know, excited thinking about it because um, you know, what, what he said to me was, we were all hungry and you gotta be hungry to be in Ranger Battalion. You know what I mean? You got to be hungry. And, and, and I say this because I remember when I picked up my squad, it was during, during, during the deployment. And, um, you know, like you said, you'd be on that 47 getting ready to land. And when you're going and you're into that building, people are fighting to go in first. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like you're fighting, like you want to go in first. Like you're, you like you're pushing, like you're, you know what I'm saying? You're fighting. And, and I tell people all the time, like I had so much trust all the way down from my team leaders down to, my, down to the lowest private, you know what I mean? That I had trust that, that they could do their job because, you know what I'm saying? We all, yeah. tra- you know what I'm saying? We all train right that, that I didn't care. Because, you know, I mean, not that I didn't care in that way, but I was always like, you know what I mean? Like, hey man, we're, we're getting in here and we're gonna get at it. Like, you know what I mean? We're like, yeah. and, and everybody's fighting for that position, man. And to, to be the number one man and you know what I'm saying, do this and do that. And um, it's, it's something about being in an environment with those type of individuals, man, that brings a certain, um, 
aspect of you out. You know what I mean? Um, that it's, it's just that hunger, man. Like I, like I can't even really explain it to people unless you, you know what I'm talking about, you know? Um, yeah. it's, it's, it's a different world, man. Um, being in Ranger Battalion. And again, it's nothing against anybody else, you know what I mean? Or against any other units. It's uh -huh. just, it's just different. Like you just said it perfectly before SF and Ranger are two different fucking places. You don't like, I had to learn that I can't be this aggressive person all the fuck down when I was at SF. Like I get told like, yeah, Hey man. man, you need to fucking calm down. Hey man, like tone it down a little bit. You know what I mean? We're in Ranger yeah. Battalion. That's totally acceptable. Like, they want you to be switched on. Like they want you to be aggressive. They want you to be, you know, like that 24 seven. Um, cause that's, yeah. cause that's what the mission asks for. Yeah. Right. Um, what, um, so you've been in SF for a while now. Um, you know, besides the mission set, um, are you, are you glad you made that move or, or are you kind of like, you know, like, so let me ask you this. So for me, you know, like you said, in Ranger Battalion, we're, you know what I'm saying? It, it's, it's raids, CQB, airfield seizures, right? And, and, and that's just yeah. what you do where, you know, like in the podcast I just did not too long ago, I was saying in NSF, you, you're a jack of all trades and a master of none, you know what I mean? But with that yeah. said, my knowledge fucking expanded, like, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like to a whole nother level, man. Like, um, Cause, cause I had to learn all these different things. Cause you know I'm saying I, I, I had to yeah. expand my knowledge cause I had to pick up this task. I had to do this. I had to take on this, yeah. you know what I'm saying? This, this job yeah. over here. And I'm grateful for that. And, and, and so like when people hear me talking, you know, I always sit back and I listen back to some of these podcasts. I'm like, oh man, does it sound like I'm talking shit? Well, I'm not talking shit. I'm just saying it's two different places. You know what I mean? Two different things. And, and it's only what you want at the end of the day. How did you, how do how do you feel about that? I mean, you're just being honest, man. Like, you're not talking shit. It's just truth. Hello? You know? You still there? Hello? Can you hear me? Hello? Hello? Yeah, can you hear me? Hello? Hello? Can you still hear me? Yep. Sorry, guys. We had a little technical difficulties. Say that again? Um, I don't know. Yeah, like you were saying, you're being honest, you know? You're just being true. I mean, I think the cool, one of the cool things is, uh, serving in both right you're the only person that can talk shit out of anybody <laughs> so true. i mean that's the truth of it right yeah i'll tell you what you suck at right now and i'll also tell you what rangers suck at exactly <laughs> you know? yeah 100 percent. if i would have dropped off a ranger platoon in fucking ukraine when i was there for them to go fucking train ukrainians that would have turned into a shit show oh for sure <laughs> For sure, <laughs> it would have been international incidents drunk and dead people everywhere there have been so many bar fights. There would be no way to keep it under control. Right. You know what I mean? And nobody would even understand what the fuck they were doing there either. <laughs> but, That's so true, man. But um, Ranger Regiment, you're good at one thing. Yeah. And that's going and doing raids and shooting people. Yeah. Right? Yep. And everything, everything builds to that one point of you setting in black side fucking secondary and primary assaults on the building yep. you're ready to fucking blow the breach you blow the breach you know what i mean secondaries on ladders <sighs> yeah. and primary enters right that's it that's the whole point of it yeah. everything is to that point right yeah everything and then post assault procedures whatever sf completely different man you're like the crossfit of warfare you have to be good at everything and great at nothing right you know what i mean you're like you said like a jack of all trades right 
you don't have enough time to be great at CQB. You don't. You, there's, you do not have enough bandwidth to spend enough of it on specifically just battle drill six, right? Right. Just to fucking enter and clear room, just to get your rate to be so majestically perfect. Right. You have to collectively have enough skill and forethought and stuff like that to be able to train and mentor a partner force to be able to conduct it. Well, right. you know, right. but you're also maneuvering significantly bigger elements, you know, I might move a whole company or a battalion, you know what I mean? Versus I was just moving a squad or a platoon, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's vastly different, you know? So the personalities in it have to be different as well. Right. You, and you have to be able to go to a foreign country with zero fucking support for the most part. Right. Be able to make all of your S shops work, get all of your functioning in, get all of your logistics. Right. Right. Make sure there's a medical fucking network and everything. Right while you're building rapport with the local populace, because the local populace is how you're going to survive. Right. And then you have to train to mentor a foreign element to go into combat right. with you and for, and then for you, you know what I mean? So you can't just beat something with a hammer when you're doing SF shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I can't, I can't just fucking point at some dude in Ukraine and be like, go kill Russians. Right. This is how you do it. It's not gonna fucking work, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It doesn't work like that. <laughs> that's a, yeah, man. That's it, it's. I mean, it's perfectly said, man. Um, yeah. And, and, I mean, I think we hit it all, man. Because you know, like when I get asked that, like I, I try to tread lightly because I'm grateful. I'm not one. I'm you know, uh, I'm a bat boy to the to the bone, man. You know what I mean? Like 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 that always be in me. But I'm also grateful for the experiences and, and everything that SF has, has provided for me at the same time. You know what I mean? But I don't like to cut people short with my answer. I just like, to, I like to be upfront with it and tell you how it is yeah. and, and tell you what my opinion is and, and you know, um, just how it is. So I'm, so I'm actually glad that you kind of, uh, said pretty much kind of what I, <laughs> what I always say, you know what I mean? Kind of, um, kind of, kind of feels good. I'm proud of shit that I came to SF. You know what I mean? But I'm also exactly. very proud of what I did in regiment. Exactly. You know I mean? Exactly. And what what I'm doing here has such a bigger effect, truthfully. You know what I mean? Like we, yeah, we can affect more with less dudes, you know? That's... And like you were saying earlier, man, I didn't know where the fuck I was when I was in regiment. Half the time we got off the bird, I just knew I was in <laughs> fucking, I was at this grid and it was this far away from Bath. Or this far away from J-Bad. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it was in this mountain range that I know is on the east side of the country. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I couldn't tell you the province. I couldn't tell you the fucking tribes. I couldn't tell you shit. I had a picture. I had a picture at a quad chart. I knew my questions for TQ. And that's it? <laughs> and that's it, bro? I went and hit the shit. That's it. I, that's... Didn't, get, I didn't care about anything except for the grid and how I was going to get there. <laughs> you know? For you... For y'all that are kind of wondering uh, what we're talking about, me and Brian were talking about this not long ago, uh, you know, because being an SF is, you know, obviously besides, the, you know, minus the uh, 18 x-rays that come in, you know, a lot of guys are seasoned guys who had have spent time overseas, you know what I mean? And like when you start talking to these guys, they'll tell you about the highways and, you know, ask you about this city and that town and this and you're, man, like, I, like you just said, I don't, I 
I'm I'm always like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I could tell you where Ramadi is and you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> where, like where Balad is and where Tikrit is. But yeah. besides that, like yeah, what, what people don't understand is one, we didn't drive that often. And even if you did drive, you had your support guys drive. So you just sat back in the, in the, um, um, strikers or pander, you know what I'm saying? Like that, that's all you did, man. And like, all you cared about was I need to make sure that I see this dude so I can shoot him or bring him in or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Depending on the vision. Um, and that's all you worried about, man. Cause you had so many platforms, you know what I'm saying? For, for, for assets that you really weren't too worried about too much about besides, yeah, I, besides your mission. I, I, I give a flying shit about what the people thought of us either. You no, know I mean? you, like, you, I no, you don't give them hearts and minds. No, I wasn't there for that. Nope. We were there to kill, which take a dude off of a battlefield or like hit a terrorist chain camp or do something. It was all DA just hit shit. Right. right. Hearts and minds had nothing to do with it. But I remember, I remember we would hit shit. There'd be dead, dead bodies everywhere. And then yeah. we would just high five with a regular army unit and be like, sweet man, clean it up and go. Yeah. You know? Yep. <laughs> and those guys would be like, Oh fuck! Because <laughs> you know, they got to deal with that shit. You yep. Or you go in a house, shoot some motherfuckers up, and you just leave. And regular army has to come the next day and answer the questions of, of, of you know what I mean, of what the fuck happened, or, or you know, pay, pay people, whatever it was, man. But yeah, it's 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 just different, man. And like you know, um, I tell people this also. There probably was almost put it like this, man. I think. My first deployment, I didn't see the daylight of Iraq, not until maybe like towards the end of it, because you do everything at night. And, and like when people, when I say that to people, I'm like, one, I got more nervous when we did shit during the day. Like, I was like, fuck this shit. You know what I mean? Like, nah, man, I'd rather be on the nods fucking all night long. You know what I mean? You're uh, no longer the green eyed ghost when the fucking lights come on, man. Exactly, man. Um, so let's. Tell me a little bit about, now, now like I said before, I don't want to go to deep with it, but I want people to get a little taste of it now for the next episode. Tell me a little bit about how the fuck you got into Strongman. And the reason I asked is because Strongman, you, you you ain't going, I mean, you're no thin guy. Like you got to gain some weight. You got, you know what I mean? It's it's Strongman. Like yeah. there's no small dudes in it. So how do you maintain that with, with you know, army life, man? Yeah. Well, so... I've always lifted to be strong, right? right? You know, like even before I was doing strong, man, you guys see me in the gym, I'll be fucking crushing it, trying to get big. And, yep. Um, I've always been of the mind that you should be good at your run. I, I was never worried about fucking completely outright max in the PT test once I had become E5, E6. You yep. know what I mean? Like that, it, that didn't matter to me anymore. What mattered was me being able to carry weight yep. and carry you off the battlefield, you know, or shit man i remember one mission fucking they dropped our resupply for three different platoons on top of my ridge line and we were on a remain over day and everybody's black on water and they all three got dropped with us and we're a thousand fifteen hundred feet up from the road and the yeah. other platoon is another two thousand feet up on the other side of the road right right so i had to carry was 120 water bottles I believe it was 120 water bottles in a, in up, a duffel bag down a thousand feet black on water, you know, Yeah. on top of all my gear. My run had nothing to do with that. No. You know what I mean? And jack shit to do with that. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's a lot of moments in my life where carrying shit. So how many times you run, how many times you run a five mile combat, man? <laughs> <laughs> <None>. <laughs> how, 
how many right? <laughs> right how many times did you have to how many times did you have to sprint from this rock to that rock every single motherfucking time <laughs> right so my sprint i cared my general endurance right i think a five miles important still though yeah because it's like long cardio over you know that's a reasonable pace right and even yeah. a pace ain't bad you know what I mean? Like an eight minute pace. So it was kind of always my metric, but, um, but yeah, strength was always more important to me. But one of my buddies, um, Nathan edging, he, uh, he's, he's never served in the military, big military supporter though. Big friend of mine in Savannah. And, uh, he's a, uh, union welder. Well, he ended up getting leukemia and, um, he, it started out to be like, I might fuck these phases up or whatever, but it was like stage, let's, we'll call it stage two leukemia when they caught it, right? Right. And uh, we'll say stage two is like curable, but it's bad. Right. Stage three, you're gonna, you're, you're gonna die. You know what I mean? Stage four, you're pretty much dead. Right. Okay. He was the, he was stage two, like early of stage two. Okay. And this is how he explained it to me. He was early stage two when they caught it. Right? right. And they're like, man, you're really healthy, really in shape, real strong. Yeah. That must be the only reason why you're not, uh, you're not showing symptoms. And, uh, he, uh, he's like, okay. So he starts getting, you know, treatment for leukemia. And, uh, before he goes in for treatment, right. For the, some of the chemo, right. They do another test on him. He is late stage two, almost stage three, going to die. Right. Right. So now he's in like the heaviest dose of leukemia, like, like chemo that they can give him, And they're talking about bone marrow transplants and like all kinds of shit. Right. Right. And, uh, he loses his job. He had just bought a new house. He's a welder. Right. So it's contract work. You gotta, you gotta go do it. It's not like you just get paid for not showing up to go weld pipes together. Right. You know? So right. anyway, he, uh, he loses his job him and his wife were trying to get pregnant at that point. Right. So they bought a new house in order to, you know, have a, have a house for the family. Right. And, uh, so now his bills are not mounting up shit. And I was like, man, I'm, I want to do something for him. Maybe raise some money for him or something. You know, I was like, well, I'm goddamn, damn sure not running the marathon. So <laughs> <laughs> that's out of the question. <laughs> that's not the fucking question. Right. So then I was like, well, what can I do? And I ended up, uh, I don't be like, dude, I should do a strongman competition or powerlifting or something along those lines, right? Yeah. And I looked into it and uh, I always dug strongman shit. And uh, and I like strongman better than powerlifting for a specific reason. Okay? okay. Strongman, you have to pick up odd objects and carry it for a distance or for a period of time. Right. Right. Fucking powerlifting. You do three lifts. You fucking squat. You deadlift. You bench. Zero times has my bench ever had anything to do with combat. True, <laughs> fucking, yeah. We're not gonna do that. Fucking zero fucking times, man. Yeah. When you swing the punch, your bench ain't got shit to do with it, man. Uh, it's yeah. like shoulders. It's hips. It's your it's your fucking squat. It's your power clean. It's your it's all in a uh, a power movement to get that out there, right? To right. get to hit somebody hard. Um, and carrying shit like I was just talking about with carrying in combat, you don't carry a fucking a bar right with these handles and just stand up with it and set it back down, right? You pick it up and you go a distance with it, or, yep. and it's awkward and it's strange, you know? So strong man was more appealing to me because I feel like I've always trained more for being 
truly strong, like applicable strength, as opposed to just saying I got a badass bench. You know what I mean? Like, yep. I don't care what your bench is. What can you pick up and put over your head? Right. You know, like that's impressive to me. No, it is. Yeah. So, so I started doing strongman. I went to my first strongman event, and uh, I ended up qualifying for nationals off my first one. So that kind of started the the push for it, you know, and, and I, I found kind of like a new love for a sport, you know, and uh, I think my body type and the way I've trained and the way I've been doing everything really put me, gave me an edge on it. Um, Cause I'm, I do have cardiovascular endurance, you know what I mean? Like I, I can run, right? I, I don't run out of energy and uh, some of the events, man, there's some of these big dudes that can deadlift a shit ton of weight, but they can't, keep their energy going through the whole competition or they can't carry something for a distance without running out of gas. You right. know, they might be able to pick it up, but they can't move with it. So coming from being able to run, I've just done well, you know? I remember, um, um, something you said to me in the last conversation we had together, uh, you know, training smart and avoiding injuries. Yeah. 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 Um, man, there's this old dude at a, uh, at nationals when I went to nationals, right? I ended up, it was four months before going to selection actually is when I went to nationals. Um, and, uh, there's this old dude there and I think he deadlifted 780, like 780 pounds, 12 times at 60 seconds. And he was like 60 something years old. Right. And, um, this is a 60 year old man, dude. I look at like, my parents or my wife's parents, you know, my, yeah. my wife's dad's like backs like out, you know, and he's, he looks like, you know, he sits down in a chair and he might not get back up. You know? <laughs> and, and then I look at this guy, he's 65 fucking years old and he's just picking up 780 pounds off the ground. Like it's like, it's nothing like it's, you know, an average guy doing like 135 or something, you yeah. know, like, um, Anyway, I talked to him afterwards and I was like, Hey man, what's the, like, what's the secret? Like, how are you this, you know, old, you know, you're an older dude, man. How are you in the master's class? And so you look healthy, you know, you don't have a crook in your step after you get done lifting. You don't look like you're, you know, <laughs> and he's like, man, dodge fucking injuries. He's like, if I feel fucked up, I don't lift. If I feel like it twisted something, I stop. I take a couple of days off. He's like, cause you're going to get stronger. You're going to improve. You're, and this is true to any sport, man. You're going to improve in that sport if you keep training, right? Right. But you can't keep training if you get injured, yeah. period. Facts. You know? But we definitely live in a I want it now society. You know what I mean? And you want to be strong today. Yep. You don't want to be strong four years from now. You right. want to be strong today. Right? Yep. <laughs> you yep. So you do whatever you have to to get your gains as fast as you can. And that's not the right answer, you know, like everybody wants to I mean, get successful training. today, but doesn't want to do the work to get there. You know what I mean? Or does it, you know say yeah. doesn't want to do it the right way. I should say, you know what I mean? Yeah. So like right now I'm training to do a circus dumbbell and I'm trying to be able to do my body weight at 240 or 245 for one rep over my head, one hand circus dumbbell, right? Clean yeah. it and press it. And, uh, I could probably do that today. Right. I haven't tried it yet. I could probably do it today, but I would be at red line. Like I'd be a hundred percent redlined on, on my F max effort. Right. Right. And the other day I did 180 
pounds for three each arm, smooth, clean, no joint injury, felt good. Is that the video that I saw just recently? I think you posted. Yeah, yeah, that's the circus dumbbell. Yesterday or something like that? Yeah, I did it clean, did it smooth, right? And my joints don't hurt. And I'm coming back and I'm just adding like 10 pounds to it each time as I'm, I'm trying to get it to where I'm comfortable at 240. Right. You know what I mean? Pressing it. That's not my red line, which means they're probably red line at like 260. You know what I mean? Jesus. The world record for my weight class is 270 on the circus dumbbell, you know, which is probably my actual goal. You said but 240 is a good mile mark. You said 270 was? Yeah, 270 is like the world record, I think, right now. Damn. So, um, I know I, I, I know I asked you last time, how do you maintain the weight, the eating, the, you know, cause, cause it's not as just as easy as just going to the gym and just working out. I mean, like you, st- I mean, you got everything else going around it. Right. You know what I mean? How do yeah. you, how do you balance all that? I mean, what's cool with strong man, dude, is you work out and it's typically like kind of a full body workout at each workout section. Right. Cause you're doing you know, clean and press, right? That's a pretty much a full body workout, right? And right. then say you take a day off. Now let's say I do an Atlas stone workout. Atlas stones is full body, right? Because you're you're deadlifting it up off the ground and you're t- you're picking up something off your toes yep. that weighs three, four hundred pounds, right? And then yeah. you have to put it on your lap and then you actually do an upright row with it. Right. You don't curl it up, you upright row it pretty much to get it up on a stand, right? So right. now I'm doing deadlift, squat, clean kind of a jerk motion, you know what I mean? And like a, in an upright row. So you're doing a whole body and that's just one exercise that day. Right. Right. So you have to take a day or two off in between these training days. You have to. (laughs) When I first started training for strongman, dude, I fucking, I thought I wasn't training enough. A hundred percent. I thought I was fucking not training. Right. And I had a trainer help me put together a training program. So you're going to need these days off. And I got, so much stronger in such a short period of time because I was just straight up overtraining before I was completely overtraining. Right. Strength training isn't about looks. It's not about being ripped. It's not about, you know what I mean? Shedding fat. It's about strength. rebuilding the muscle stronger <laughs> right. than it was, man. And that's all that matters. Right. It's right. kind of like us killing people. All that matters was killing people, you know, yep. being strong. That's all that matters. If it doesn't help you be strong, it's useless. Right. So, Strength training, I only strength train like three times a week. You know what uh, I mean? Okay. Which me, leaves me, leaves me two, three days in there to comfortably go for a run. You know what I mean? And then I do cardio probably three times a week. You know what I mean? I do a sprint day, a long, like slow run, like a five mile or something, you know, yep. I mean? maybe four, depending on how my joints are feeling. Or if I had an Atlas stone day, you know what I mean? Might just do the elliptical, you know what I mean? Because my <laughs> joints are really killing me, yep. you know? Yep. Um, lower backs locked up or something, you know, but, uh, and again, I've always gained, I've gained weight and strength slowly over time So while doing cardio the entire time. So I've gotten comfortable at moving around at 240. I didn't just become 240. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Facts. Facts. <laughs> um, well that brings me into the next thing, man. Um, tell me about gas and garters. How that started with you and your, um, I'm assuming you and your wife started it together. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. we did. How, um, how you started it. What is it about? And, uh, where do you plan on taking it? Man, that's a hundred percent my retirement plan. So 
it's funny how it started out though. It's re- it's actually fucking hilarious. So my wife, um, before we got married, right when we got together, actually when we got together, she was dating women, okay. <laughs> but uh, she uh, um, and she and uh, you, we were, and, you, and, you just, and you and you and you actually ended up winning over. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, shit. So, okay. All right. We, all right. We'd, go to, we'd go to bars and I'd wingman for her, you know, and she'd wingman for me. Right. And we'd, uh, we'd both high five and leave the bar with two different chicks, you know? Oh. <laughs> anyway, that's its own story, me and her getting together. Right. But, uh, anyway, she's always been on the women and we used to go to strip clubs all the time. Yeah. Okay. So we'd go to strip clubs together and we'd hit strip clubs in any state we were in. You know, every city we went to, go hit a titty bar. We love dive bars. We love like mom and pop food. We love local restaurants, you know, like just living life, you know, I mean, really to its fullest is like how we like to explain it. You know, it was like not going to Applebee's when you could go to like some mom and pop joint down the street that really gives a shit about their food. Yeah, bro. And we love traveling, you know, yeah. and we're always on our bikes. I built her a chopper, you know, like we both ride bikes. We both love hot rods and traveling in our hot rods. You know what I mean? Like really enjoying the world, you know, not yeah. just, not just the destination. It's the ride there and then the destination and then the ride home. Right. You know what I mean? Like it's the full encompassing, like live your life. Right. So anyway, we, we're, she ended up going to college in California, right? She was going to movie makeup school. She, she graduated from SCAD. Okay. And uh, uh, this is before I proposed to her and shit. And uh, I flew out there to drive back with her back across the country. Okay. So she's moving back to Georgia. And this is back when I was I was an instructor at, uh, at CERT. So I fly out there and we're driving back from L.A. And then we're hitting every titty bar from L.A., to fucking Columbus, Georgia. Right. <laughs> and uh and she's like looking up reviews on these like shitty review sites and stuff. And she's like, man, this sucks. Same with like Yelp, right? Right. You go to Yelp, you look up strip club, or even even you look up food, right? And it's just like people complaining, you yeah. know what I mean? Or whatever. And, and you gotta weed through the complaints on it's whether f- it's a good place to stop or not, you know? Yeah, yeah. With strip clubs, with strip clubs is terrible, right? Because it's like Caprice didn't give me a blowjob in the back. This place sucks. Right. <laughs> yeah. Gives a shit, man. So, man, we were like, man, there should be a critique site for strip clubs, you know, for people that actually like dig strip clubs and they critique them. And then you could add like mom and pop food and dive bars, like where to go to go get good food, where to go to pregame. Yeah. And if you want to go to a strip club, where to go? You know right. what I mean? Right. Like, and we had, a week long trip across the United States. Like, think about this. And we were like, well, what would you call it? I was like, well, if we were going to do it, we got to drive the hot rods to it. So we'll just call it gas and darters, you know? And then this is all a joke. It was all a joke. Right. You know what I mean, we were just joking about this shit the whole way home. And then as we got home, I was like, this is actually kind of a cool idea. And we get home and then, uh, she, we got back to Columbus. Then she ended up working for the sheriff department. Right. Right. Complete switch. Right. She didn't know what the fuck she wanted to do. You <laughs> yeah, know what yeah, I mean? yeah. So now she's working for the sheriff department. You gotta understand like her parents are uh, super conservative. Right. right. And they've kind of given her a direction in her life, her whole life. Right. That was kind of fed to her from her parents. Right. She didn't really make a decision on which direction she wanted to go. Right. She just, they're like, you're going to go to college. She's like, I don't want to They're like, well, you have to. You know, yeah. so she kind of never really chose her own route, right? 
she's like, well, I always wanted to be a cop. I was like, well, fuck it, do it. You know? So she ended up being a cop and uh, she uh, hated it, dude. Hated it. This is like the middle of the Black Lives Matter thing. Oh, yeah. Fuck that noise. Homie. And she's working with just cop, like black cops in the fucking place. Right. Black cops that hate cops that are cops. And she's like, I don't even know what the fuck to do. Yeah. Everybody's miserable. It's <laughs> you know? a bad time to be and a she's cop. Working in- <laughs> Yeah, dude. And she's working in a jail. Yeah. You know what I mean? So the people in the jail ain't happy because they in jail. The cops aren't happy that are working there. (laughs) So she's just, man, she's just fucking miserable, right? Yeah. So anyway, we, uh, so I get her, get her to take a break, right? At this point of past selection, we've gotten married, right? Um, she's still doing police work and, uh, Whatever. So I'm like, you know what? Let's go on. Let's go on a fucking vacation. So she gets, takes a couple of days off from work. We hop on the choppers and we go t- cruising around and uh, bring some hammocks and some booze. And we're just, you know, hammock camping off the choppers. And uh, I let her just vent, man. Uh, just let her vent about everything, you know? Yeah. And every time, every time we, uh, every time I let her do this, man. She would go like blow out the lines talking about how she hates her job, hates whatever. And at some point she'd be like, I should have just been a stripper, you know? Right. And she'd just bring it up. She's like, I should have been a fucking stripper. And I'm like, okay. You know, and we get to the end of it. So we get to the end of this trip. I already know I'm going to be going to Fayetteville yep. to go to the Q course. We're already working on like when that's going to happen. You know, it's going to be happening in the next couple months. And I was like, we get back. And again, like I said, her parents always pushed her a direction. Yeah. So I don't want to push her a direction. And I was like, you want to know what I, Cause I let her just let her vent for four days. And I was yeah. like, we get back, we take her helmets off, start to bring her shit inside. I was like, you want to know what I think you should do? She's like, what? I was like, I think you should quit your job and just be a fucking stripper. Right. And she looks at me, she's like, what? And I was like, yeah, man. I mean, think about it. So our, our motto for the company is don't die disappointed. Right. Yep. And I was like, you're going to be 70, 80 years old on your deathbed. Right. And you'd be looking back. And this is one of those things that you just keep saying all the fucking time. You right. know, and you're gonna be looking back and be like, damn, I wonder what it would have been like to be a stripper, to be on stage, yeah. to be naked, to be the world's looking at you. You know what I mean? You can't hide anything anymore. Yeah. You can't pretend, you know, like it's for a woman, I think that's a crazy moment for them. You know what I mean? Right. To be like that when they're constantly hiding themselves all the time. You right. know what I mean? Or whatever. And uh she was like, Are you serious? I was like, Yeah. We ended up moving to Fayetteville. She fucking loved it. Right. She absolutely loved dancing and she was, uh, um, her, actually her mental health got better through dancing. Well, cause, cause it's probably the first time she was doing something that she wanted to do. You know what I mean? Like it was her own choice, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, it was her own choice and her like self-worth and her like self-confidence went through the roof. Right. Yeah. And my wife's not a skinny woman, right? Like right. she's, she's an athletic built woman. Right. And, yep. when, and for her, it's a little harder to keep weight off. You know what I mean? And she's beautiful, but like she'll, if she puts weight on, she puts weight on in the places she calls it. She, I put weight on in the wrong spots. You yeah. Know? yeah. <laughs> I mean, like it doesn't just go to her ass. Like, it, like some chicks were blessed with. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, she's always like super critical of herself. You yeah, know, man. And, uh, man, hearing her talk when she came back from work one night, she was like, you know, it wasn't a night for me. Nobody wanted, nobody wanted to dance for me. Nobody spent any money on me. She's like, but that's okay. I, I just, you know, there's 
different women for different people. You yeah, know what exactly. I mean? People are into different things as opposed to her being like, oh my God, nobody likes me. I'm be- I'm disgusting. I'm gross. You know what I mean? Like she had this whole new viewpoint. That's dope, man. Because some nights, because some nights she's a rock star. Yeah. And some nights she's, you know what I mean? Just a normal night. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So that was awesome for her. So while that was going on, getting back to kind of gas and garters, well, that's going on. I started building cars for people on motorcycles. So I built a car for a buddy of mine, um, Muhammad down in Texas, right? Built yep. a 1930 Ford. Um, and I made the website for gas and garters when we moved to Fayetteville. So we started critiquing strip clubs and bars and restaurants and, and all this shit, you know? Yeah. And, uh, well, I also started uh, building bikes and stuff. So the way gas and garters is kind of turned now, because I think ideas morph, you know, ideas change. Like what, of course, what, what your business plan was in the beginning might not be your business plan yet. You know, it kind of turns into what it's turned into. Because well, you grow with it. Yeah, you grow with it and you realize that you've got traction in one spot where another spot might have not been as. Yeah is enticing. You know what I mean? Like it, it didn't have as much traction as you thought it would have. Yep. Well, for us, me building hot rods and her dancing and then being my parts girl, helping me get the parts for the bikes and the cars that I'm building and stuff has kind of turned in what gas and garters is. Right. So it's promoting the lifestyle, just freedom, you right. know what I mean? Doing whatever you want, no matter how taboo, you know, and just living free. So we're in the process of building a 84 passenger bluebird bus into a mobile mobile garage. Um, and, uh, I'm going to travel the country We're we're going to travel the country and, uh, build hot rods at people's houses. Right. Um, I can, I can plug into your property, build your motorcycle or hot rod right there with you and, uh, teach you how to build it at the same time. If you want to learn, you just come out and drink a beer with me while I cut the roof off your car and shorten it six inches. You know, we put airbags in on your car, you know what I mean? And maybe you got to go to work in the morning, but fuck it, man, you can drink with me for a while, we'll do some work and then go to work for the next five days. I'll keep working on your car. When you come back, you got yeah. some time, you want to turn a wrench, I'll teach you how to put your carburetor on. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so now you have ownership in your car. I'm not just, you're not just getting a car built from me. Right you're building a car with me or you're at least a part of it. You know what I mean? But I can go to somebody's city and kind of impart that knowledge and love of hot rods and the freedom of it, you know? And that's, that's the passion that we have and what we want to, what we want to do, you know? Um, so building it. So this way, the, uh, the monitor for the computer can spin around underneath the awning. It'll be up like a, it'll have like a three car awning garage, on the uh, on the toolbox side, right, and she'll be able to find parts for me while I'm rebuilding motors or whatever the hell I'm doing. I can hold up a part; she can work on order on ordering parts and and whatnot for me while I'm doing that. And then at the end of the day, when I'm done doing that, she can bartend, she can strip, she can do whatever. The gas and garters nightlife lifestyle of it continues while yeah. we still build hot rods and stuff during the day. So I love hearing that, man. I love hearing that. Um, you know, I was just talking with my wife. Um, I just got remarried recently, um, but I've known her forever. But anyways, uh, you know, like just jokingly, but it reminds me of something you're just saying right now. And, and it's, it's, it's a cliche thing, but teamwork makes a dream work, man. And like, you got to have somebody in your life that, that has got the same vision, you know what I mean? Same goals and and the same, um, drives you, man. It's, 
I think that's the biggest part. And seeing you with your wife and seeing how you guys both like mesh together and interact with each other, I think it's fucking awesome, man. And, and like, you know, um, I, I personally didn't have that with my last marriage, but now, you know what I'm saying? Now I do with, same with my marriage now. Um, we're all, like we're both in the right way, man. And like, I tell people all the time, man, like you gotta have somebody in your life. Uh, every, every man, um, um, with every successful man, there has to be a strong success. You know what I'm saying? A strong woman by his side. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And it goes the other way around too. You know what I mean? Um, so I think that's dope, man. Um, what you guys are doing and I, it, it's dope. The vision you guys got. And I am excited to see y'all to see gas and garters, you know what I'm saying? Grow. Um, I, I personally just started seeing it, I'd say maybe in the last year, like, you know what I mean? And, yeah. I've, and I've been seeing the traction y'all been getting, man. And I, you know what I'm saying? It's dope, man. Yeah. Um, well, we got, we got models all over the country that model the clothing. Yeah. Right? So, cause we sell, we sell merchandise and clothing and stuff that supports the build of the bus. It supports us traveling and it supports us doing what Gas and Garters does. We go to events and set up car shows and, uh, the girls that model for us, we call them speed bunnies. Yep. And, uh, the speed bunnies are, man, I, I, most of them are either strippers or, um, some are porn stars, some are this, some of that. It's a bunch of taboo kind of, uh, sex work lifestyle women that are empowered through doing that. You yep. know what I mean? That aren't doing it because they're negatively doing it, but they were affected in some way that now they have to pay the bills or they have to do it. Yeah. Every girl that we get, does it, does it because she's in a healthy mindset. You know what I mean? And is promoting freedom of sexuality, kind of, you know what I mean? And the job that she does and is a rad chick. Like one of our girls, um, Grace, man, she builds hot rods too. <laughs> she's yeah. got two Chevy Novas. She's got two um, uh, Challengers, I think. And she builds uh, Ironhead Choppers, right? So 1970s Harleys. And she'll rebuild the motor and ride it across the country. You know? This is a chick, man. This is a <laughs> right, stripper. Right, right. You know what I mean? But she loves her life, man. She makes great money. She does great things. You know what I mean? She's a beautiful soul. You know what I mean? But those are the type of people that we try to get to it. So this way it's a lifestyle brand. Yeah, it's not, yeah. you know, it's don't die disappointed. It's gas and garters. It's not, it's not just, you know what I mean? Another shirt that you throw on. It's supposed to be something that you like throw it on and speaking to freedom. You yeah. know what I mean? Of like whatever you want to do. I was actually going to pick up one of you guys' uh, 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 those pinstripe shirts here pretty soon. I actually was just looking at those the other day. Those, uh, <laughs> yeah. I like those, man. Uh, but yeah, so it's actually funny you say that because I just wrote down empowerment um, earlier while we were talking. When you were talking about your wife, I wrote, you know what I'm saying? That was exactly the word I wrote down, um, which which is huge, man. Um you got to support each other, man. Right. I mean, I mean, you got to lift your woman up. You got to lift her up. You got to, I mean, you have to, you know what I mean? That's, that's, that's the only way I think that a marriage or relationship will work, man. Cause if, cause if you're not lifting her up or if you're not lifting each other up, then what the fuck is the point? You know what I mean? And I'll tell you what, I was married once before. Right. Yeah. And, uh, it was bullshit. It was your typical army dude, married a chick to get out of the barracks. Didn't think he was actually married. And then the lines get blurry and then you end up fucking calling her your wife when you're at work. And it turns into you're actually fucking married now. You know what I mean? You didn't tell your parents because you know what I mean? Like parents yeah. lose their fucking mind. Yeah. So now you're engaged, but you're actually fucking married. It's the same fucking story you've heard a million times. Of course. You know yeah. I mean? Yeah. Well, man, back then I was an idiot. Like I, I was so young. And we, I was so immature. We all were, about, Brian. We all were, man. <laughs> dude, I, was, I was so immature about relationships. It was all check the box. It, it was. I'll buy you an awesome. I'll buy you an awesome Christmas present means I don't have to fucking talk to you till Valentine's Day. Yeah. 
you know what I'm saying? Like it, it, I feel like our society and what we think is normal as men and just as people like in America, we think that you can just, you can just be nice to your, your significant other on specific days and, that's and then it. you can get away with whatever the hell you want to throughout the week. But no, I got you. I got you diamonds for Christmas. What the, why are you so upset? I love you. Yeah. It's not what you give somebody. No. You know what I mean? Like it's, you actually supporting and loving each other throughout the entire fucking year. Fuck holidays. Yep. You know, like me and my wife almost don't even do holidays. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I buy her a gift just because I want to. Exactly, you know I mean? man. Exactly. I find something, I wake up today and I go, man, how can I make my wife smile? Man? Like, how can I make her happy? How can I chase her today? Right. Right. Cause you're, you should be chasing each other through your whole relationship. You know what I mean? Not, not just on Valentine's Thanksgiving. I mean, uh, yeah, Christmas and, and birthdays. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man, like you should. And I think I think one of the big problems with people in the military or or couples in general, but the military just amplifies it. You know what I mean? Like your deployments amplify it. You know, um, you don't you stop chasing each other. You know what I mean? You just expect them to be there. Yeah. You know, and then you lose that connection. You know what I'm saying? That like feeling of being wanted, which then turns into its own shit show. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And I was a shit bag, man. Like I'm, I'm diamond myself out. You know, right, my right. first relationship, I was like, man, I was a fucking shit bag. Now that I look back on it, you know, of course, but I'm super lucky to have married my best friend, you know, now yeah. in that relationship, I'm happy I had it. Cause I learned from it and what I wanted out of a person to be with for the rest of my life. But I, yeah. I agree with you 110% in everything you just said, because I, you know, um, I tell people the same thing, man, I'll look back and I, you know, and, and I say to myself too, like, man, dude, I could have been so much better. I could have, you know what I mean? But at the end of the day, I look at the same way. I go, I'm glad it happened because we just weren't meant to be. Like, that's just what it was. We, no. we just were not meant yeah. to be with each other. And I'm like you said, I'm glad I went through that because I did learn. And even now, um, you know, with my marriage now, you know, there's days that I slip, but then I, I go, fuck, let me, let me get yeah. back on track. Let me make her happy. Like I can't, I can't revert back to that old, you know what I'm saying? To that old way. Like yeah. I, I got to make sure she smile. I got to make sure she knows shit that I love her and all that, man. Um, bro, that's, that's, yeah, man, that's dope, man. Um, hopefully, you know, in the future episode, uh, we can m maybe do another one with you and your wife talking about the business and stuff like that. Like how you guys, you know what I'm saying? Both y'all together. That'd be dope. Um, let me ask you a question, man, as we wrap it up, bro. Um, so you kind of answered one question. I was going to ask you a question, uh, you know, what would you tell couples that were going to start a business together? But I think I'm going to hold that question for later. Um, but what advice would you give for, you know, anybody who's in the military who is, because for me, I didn't think that you could do strongman or any kind of competition like that. And you know what I'm saying? And still be in, and I'm not saying you can't because of the, because of the competition wise, just, just the balance. Right. But what would you tell yeah. somebody, what would you tell somebody who is probably listening to this and going, Holy shit. I mean, he's doing it and he's an SF and you know, like what would you tell somebody who's, who's thinking about that? What kind of advice would you give them? Man, I think you have to have hobbies outside of the military. You know what I mean? And I think right. it's a mil it's a mental health thing, right? I've, I've always had friendships that were civilian. I've always had things that I did that didn't have to do with showing up 10 minutes prior to the 10 minutes prior. You know what I mean? I, <laughs> I've always had things that were lax and chill and completely non-military outside of my life. Yeah. You know what I mean? And things that I did for me, not for, not for uncle Sam, for me, yeah. you know, like, and 
and I've enjoyed my life through that, you know, and I think that that is, is one of the things that has helped me not have a bunch of mental issues. Right. Cause I don't live, eat, breathe and die on fucking showing up and doing fucking dress, right. Dress shit. You know, yeah. I mean? it's I'm at work. I'm at work. But when I go home, I'm a completely different person. You know yeah. what I mean? Like start first class Pickens is a completely different person at work than he is when right. he's at home doing strong man, doing gas and garter stuff, doing whatever. Right. I have a, I have a life, you know? So as far as the balance of it goes, man, when you're at work, be at work. But if you have aspirations outside of that, you know, and things you want to do, one, your partner's got to be behind you. Yeah. You have to balance that right. more so than anything. And then you just got to, the only balance there is do something for you because if you, if you're not doing something for you and you're only doing something for the military and just for your spouse, you're still not you. <laughs> That's <laughs> facts, mean? man. You have to have a selfish hobby that has to do with you for your enjoyment, for your happiness. You know, right. for me, man, for me, that's hot rods and the gym, you know what I mean? But, um, at least hot rods for me is my business now with my wife. So that makes that one easy. Cause it's also us bonding, you know, cause we're doing shit together, but for the, for the motivation and the dedication to the gym stuff, that's my completely selfish hobby that I do on my own that right. I a lot, the time that I need to, to do it for my own health, you know? And, uh, I think it's the best advice I could give on it, man. Keep that one foot somewhat out the door in a direction that you're doing something that you love and enjoy, you know? Yeah. So this way, when you show up to work, you are recharged, man. <laughs> you know, you have enough time. You just have to make the time in your life for it. You know, right. I mean, I think that's perfect advice, man. Um, honestly, I wish somebody would have told me that years ago because, uh, you know, it's it, 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 I'm not going to lie to you, man. I was one of those guys. And, and that's why mental health was so huge for me. And I and, and I, I, you know what? I can say this. I failed at other things because I was so in tune with my shit at work. You know what I mean? And and, and I wasn't balancing. I wasn't balancing everything else. I, it, it was always the army first, always work first above every single thing else. You know what I mean? And, um, for the longest time I didn't have anything else, uh, to keep me busy. You know what I mean? It was just work. Like that's just, yeah. that's just work and drinking. You know what I mean? That was just it, man. Yeah, man. So y'all heard it, man. Um, that was some of the best advice. Um, yeah, man. Um, take this advice off for all y'all young guys out there or for, even saying for anybody out there that doesn't even just go for the military I think that goes for everything else you know what I mean if, if, if you got work work is working but make sure you're doing something else for yourself you know what I mean uh so yeah man I appreciate that man and um I look forward seriously man I look forward to to seeing the growth of gas and guard or seeing the growth of you know your uh, uh strong man competitions and just seeing the growth period um you know as you get near and for retirement here pretty soon um I think that's going to be dope, man. Um, and I'm definitely going to get you back. So, you know, I always tell people, I always say this on the air so that I can hold you accountable later on. I call you back. All right. So, uh, uh, Pickens, man, I, I honestly, man, I appreciate it, brother. I appreciate you taking the time out and, uh, coming on the show with me, man. And, and, uh, you know, telling your experiences and sharing some, some dropping some fucking gems is what I like to call it. You know what I mean? Uh, especially for the younger dudes, man. Cause a lot of younger dudes look, listen to this and I think it helps them decide a little bit more on what they want to do. And, and, you know, like I told you before we start recording, the biggest thing for me, man, with this podcast is to prevent, um, 
you know, a lot of the stuff that I went through and a lot of us have gone through, you know what I mean? That are preventable. And, and, and you just said it perfectly and you just said it perfectly for the younger guys out there. Man, you got to find something else out there for you. You know what I mean? Cause at the end of the day, whether it's 20, 25 years or, or you know, if you go to 30, whatever it is, it's going to end. <laughs> going to end. It's going to end the, at the some army, point. The army's going to fire you at some point. <laughs> at some point, man. And, you know, uh, one thing that I have learned is when it's done, nobody gives a fuck. Like you're done. Like the army don't give a shit. Like they're not going to weep over you. Lee. <laughs> like they don't care. You know what I mean? So you yeah. got to make sure, uh, you know, for everybody out there, man, like he just said, make sure you take care of yourself. Make sure that you got somebody with you uh, in your life that's supporting you and you support them and you got the same visions and dreams. Um, I'm going to let him give you guys all his social medias, uh, but make sure to go check him out on all his social media, support his uh, 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 gas and garters, man, support his retirement, support him, guys, go buy something off of his uh, website, all right, support him, guys, support all his shit, man, uh, hope you guys enjoyed this, uh, Pickens, man, let him know where they can get a hold of you on all social medias, brother, or websites. Yeah, man, um, so... We pretty much promote mostly on Instagram. So if you go to Gas and Garters Official um, or Gas and Garters underscore is the business page, um, you can you can find us on there um, on Instagram. And then uh, other than that, it's gasandgarters.com for uh, purchases and stuff. So all of our merchandise is on there. We're, uh, we have a parts page coming soon too for carburetors, um, all the parts that I run on hot rods that I believe in. Right. Because I mean, I road trip my shit all around. Around the country, you know me. I drive a 1950 Mercury to work every single day. Oh right? shit! I didn't know you drive it to work. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, man, I drive it every day. I've driven that thing to Chicago twice. I've gone to New Orleans in it. I've gone all over the country in it, right? And that's a big block, big block carbureted motor, right? You can do it. You can drive it, right? You just right. have the right parts. You have to have people that understand it. You know what I mean? And right. you can make a daily driver hot rod, man. You can absolutely do it. You just got to do the right shit, you know. So. Uh, with gas and garters with that, you know, if you reach out to me and you got a problem with a hot rod or you got a problem with, uh, getting something tuned right or, or whatever, and you got your own project, that's what I want to do, man. I want to help people be able to do it themselves, you know what I mean? And get the right parts and help and service on their shit. So they're, they're actually enjoying their hot rod. They're not just looking at it, you know? Yeah. Well, that's dope, man. I appreciate it. Hey y'all go check them out, man. Go buy something. Ask whatever questions you got. If you're building something you're interested in building, like you just said, hit him up. All right. He's got all the time. <laughs> all right. uh, again, brother, I really appreciate it, man. Thank you guys for tuning in. I appreciate y'all support. I appreciate it. Everything, man. Much love and support.